The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hey everyone, it's Darren Carr from Scissoring Isn't a Thing. Ooh, is that our new theme song? No, it shouldn't be because we want we want listeners, Liz. I think that's how podcast works is like we need people to listen to us in order to make us legitimate. I think. Fair, 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 fair. <laughs> I'm Liz Cully. I kind of buried the lead there. That's fine. You're allowed to bury <laughs> I didn't know what with- to say. I was like, are you singing to me? What's happening? Well, I like this. Liz, I'm know. singing to you because there's a lot to celebrate because you are the resident bisexual on our show, right? Like I'm the resident that lesbian. You're the resident bisexual. And this is a big week, month, day for you coming up right now, Liz. Like we are celebrating bisexuals <laughs> this month. I know. I just put my request for out of office for (laughs) vacation. I don't know what to do. Yeah, this is Bisexuality Awareness Month, and it's also Bisexuality Week. And then September 23rd is Bisexual Day. Wow. And I had no clue that it was just the gift that keeps on giving. I'm like, ugh, I cannot work this whole month. I just, I I need to focus. Do you feel that bisexuals don't have enough awareness? And I mean that as a legitimate question. Like when you hear about someone saying like, it's Bisexual Awareness Month, as a bisexual, what do you hope happens? Is it just a moniker that we say and acknowledging that bisexuality is a thing, it is actually existing, or do you want to see like a big social movement towards something? Like, what are your thoughts on it? Great question, Darren. <laughs> um, I think for, I'm like, you, wow. You um, always say that to me. You're always I like, uh, great question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I think the biggest thing with being a bisexual for myself yes. is that people just have this misconception that you can't pick a side or that you will never be faithful to one gender if you're in some sort of relationship with them or maybe you can't be faithful or whatever I guess what I would just love to see is kind of a progression towards being open to the fact that it all can exist. You can be like, I'm married to a woman, but I still find men attractive and I don't want to invalidate the relationships I've had with men in the past. It's interesting. I'm not in a phase. It's just, it's interesting when you say that because I totally forgot that like for some weird reason, and this is just in my experience, I'm not saying that that's out there, but I definitely find that when you talk about bisexuality, people assume that you're like a cheater. Like if you're dating a man, you're going to hook up with women. Yeah. If you're married to a woman, you're going to hook up with men. And I'm like, I don't know why it would, ha- like all bisexuals aren't necessarily overly sexualized. They're just saying they don't necessarily have a preference one way or the other for the gender that they find attractive. And and I just, I think it's so weird when people say that because for me, you know, a lot of things, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, like, but for me, I know a lot of lesbians are like, I'm not going to date a bisexual because I need someone who's going to, you know, is for me and, and I don't have to worry about them looking at men because I'm already worried about them looking at women. And from my standpoint, I'm like, listen, if you're worried about your significant other, looking at other people and threatened by the relationship, then you need to reevaluate the relationship because a man is a hundred percent. A man is just as a threat as another woman. It has, it, they're all people. It has nothing to do with like, okay, there's more of a threat maybe, right? Because it could be any man or any woman. I don't think my girlfriend's necessarily worried about men hitting on me, but a person is a person. There's always going to be a threat there. There's 8 billion people in this world, right? Like I just find it to be kind of ridiculous yeah. that people just to assume you're more sexual because you're bisexual that just seems odd to me and I don't know where that got started I know I don't know where it started either I mean there's also kind of these stereotypes about it being like you know for men particularly like you would say you were bisexual so that you didn't have to quote cop to being gay right something interesting that happened in the news I don't know if you saw this but Andrew Gillum, who's a Florida Democrat uh, last year unfortunately was caught in a hotel room allegedly, (laughs) with a lot of methamphetamines and was with a male sex worker. He's married to a woman. He, you know, dropped out of the race, went to rehab, et cetera. But he actually came out a couple of days ago as a bisexual man with his wife. And both of them were like, it's something that we never talked about publicly because it was private. And it was something that we didn't feel like we needed to disclose. Now, there's all this 
kind of fluff and stuff with the arrest and being in a hotel room in Miami and God knows doing what. But the the fact remains is like, it is his personal business. He can be married to a woman and maybe their relationship allows for them to, you know, have sex with people outside of their specific relationship, which right. gay, straight, bi, you name it, a lot of people do. But it, I think it's becoming a little bit more normalized, like the fact that a politician is talking about being bisexual. I mean, I just I just don't think it has to be such a hard line in the sand. So that, to answer your question, is kind of what I hope from this. Yeah. And also there's like a lot of people kind of talking about it more and and not feeling so shamed about it. There, You know, we've talked about bi erasure a lot on the show and yeah. I feel like that definitely exists. So how do you... Hey man, if we can have like national fucking ice cream day and national fucking pizza day and national like tea matcha tea latte day, then we can have a bisexual day. Why not? As someone who obviously is like fully formed in their sexuality and their relationships, you know, uh, according to you, you know, you're an, you're certainly an adult and you've certainly had multiple relationships on both sides of yes, the line. Darren, according to me, <laughs> I am an adult. Yeah. According to you. <laughs> well, my point is, is that your sexuality can change over time. Right. I mean, like, sure, I don't want to say that sure. just because you're in your thirties, you got it all figured out. I don't want that. But I'm curious when someone says, and maybe I knew some women like this, right. Where Certainly in high school, certainly when they were younger, certainly when kids are meaner. Right. They said they were bisexual yeah. as kind of this gateway to maybe potentially later coming out as gay. Not all the time, obviously, but it definitely happens where it's like, oh, I'm bi. And then later they kind of come out as lesbian or, or gay. How do you feel it being a potential gateway sexuality to something that feels more maybe concrete for people. Like, is that a bad thing? Are we acknowledging that does happen? Are you okay with it? What's your thought on it? I mean, listen, I'm okay with whatever the fuck anybody wants to do. Yeah. Let's just say that right up. Yeah, you don't care. I don't care. It's, it's whatever. Don't violate it's no, anyone's it's rights. Off. Yeah, I don't care as long as you're not violating yeah, my don't rights. Viol- exactly. But that said... I think the only harm in it is when it starts to make it feel like it's... Like bisexuality can't be its own thing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's kind of where I think that's the harm. It's like it has to be this gateway drug, you right. know? Right. I mean, that's, I think, the harm in it. But I think, you know, a lot... Lily Reinhardt, that cute little girl from CW Riverdale, came out as bisexual. I mean, all the all the kids... All the kids. All the are kids. Out I know. As bi. So, you know, I think that it's definitely changing. It's just interesting. I think if you talk to kind of an older generation or like I have, I almost would just tell them that I'm gay. And I don't say that I'm bi because they just automatically assume that I'm like promiscuous. Right. And I think that's so the thing weird. that I'd like to see kind of change. Yeah, it's just so yeah, weird because I'm it definitely in. not. But it's just weird that, <laughs> that like, if you said that you were straight or you said that you were a lesbian, somehow that makes you less promiscuous than if you're bi. And it's just, I mean, I, I sort of understand that correlation there, but it's just, it's so bizarre to me that people are equating a sexual preference for how many people or how much sex that you have. Like, that's what's so, uh, it's, it's, ridiculous. it's so ridiculous. But, you know, that kind of brings it to, speaking of of sex for everyone, that brings us to our guest this go. week as, as sex for everyone. We have Alexandra Fine with us. And I will say she was one of those guests that I didn't know a lot about except for her wildly successful sex toy line. It was basically female sex toys made by females for females. So it really gauges our- No, for everyone. It's for everyone. For everyone. But like it's built with the female in mind for female pleasure is what I meant. It is for everyone. But like the curves and the shapes that are used- clearly had a female figure in mind and how right. females totally. were. You can tell that it wasn't made through the male gaze. Correct. Maybe that's what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I think that that's a better way to put it. But but basically, like, she, she was one of those guests where it's like, I had no expectations going in. I was like, let me just talk to yeah. this really successful entrepreneur and, like, see what's up. And I probably learned the most from her. I know. I mean, she was wildly fascinating. She really was, uh, or she is rather. I mean, also Liz Cully Cold LinkedIn email. Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, <laughs> LinkedIn has I a LinkedIn purpose. Yes, her. yes. I know LinkedIn sure does have a purpose other than like your weird exes stalking you, which is so strange. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I learned a lot. I mean, what, what an interesting person who, if when you listen to the episode, don't turn it off now, uh, you'll hear about kind of her relationship with her parents, her 
kind of always fascination with sex and sexuality, talking to her parents about that kind of interest and fascination and how she turned that into a business, her relationship that she's in right now, you know, raising money, almost a half a million dollars on Kickstarter, which is fascinating in itself. You know, we also kind of hear about how they test products. I mean, this was a great episode. This was like one of my faves that we did so long ago before the quarantine in New York, but really, really fascinating woman. And she gave us a bunch of swag. And I got to say that uh, the products are great. Just speaking from my own personal experience, they're great. Can I be really honest? I need to break it out because she sent us like a hat, socks, vibrator, condoms, which I gave away. Um, By the way, the socks are amazing and so comfortable because the socks are blue and they have a face of someone making an orgasm on it. But like very simple. And I love wearing yep. them. I love them. Well, I was just going to say, I've actually only used the socks. I haven't used the vibrator yet. So Girl, but you're to. bisexual. Aren't you supposed to be vibrating every day and multiple <sighs> times a day? Buzz, buzz, bu- motherfucker. Bu- buzz, buzz. Buzz, buzzing, dude. That's that's <laughs> what I heard about those bisexuals. They're just buzzing all day long. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just maintaining over here, Darren. Yeah, I hear you. But yeah, no, she's great. And I and I love the fact that, you know, we can have entrepreneurs come on and talk about what the sex industry looks like for different people other than just men and women, yeah, which is also amazing. It's all about sex positivity. And she was great. And I hope we can have her back on at some point because there's just so much more to be said. But we really hope that you enjoy this incredible episode with the incredible Alexandra Fine. Enjoy. Welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing with my bud and my pal, Liz Cully. Wow, bud and a pal. Yeah, I mean, do you want to be more than that? Do you want to be more God, than that? Darren. Do you want, you're married. Do you want to be more than that for okay. me? Okay. Yeah. You could be married um, and she's be more than that. Yes. yes. Like, I'm already obsessed with our guests. I'm so well, excited. Well, I'm going to introduce our Please incredible do. entrepreneurial guest, Alexandra Fine, which is the perfect last name for you. Um, exactly. I was thinking the same CEO, thing. CEO, sexologist, founder, creator of yeah. Dane. Dane Products. Yeah. That's awesome. That's I, incredible. How this came about was that I stalked you on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and you accepted my request, however long ago it was. Friendship. I saw an article that your products had sold out in 72 hours. Yeah. Is that correct? Our, our newest product, Arc, which is an internal vibrator, it sold out in 72 hours. Holy yeah. shit. So how expensive fast. is the Arc? It is $115. But since we're currently backordered, I believe you can get, get it for like $10 off right now. Tight. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, tight, literally. <laughs> literally tight. Yeah. Unintended. <laughs> and I linked in you and whatever, how long ago. And then I saw this article come out. We knew we were shooting. And yeah. I'm like, we have to have this woman on our podcast. <laughs> because I'm just so impressed you wrote back to Liz. Because I usually try to ignore my LinkedIn messages. So thank no, you. No, well, and then it, I feel like such a dumb dumb because I went on LinkedIn to ask you for permission if I could email you. And yeah. you're really cool because you actually have your contact information in, in LinkedIn. Yeah. If I, if I accept you, then yeah. Which is awesome. So thank you. And then I cold emailed her. Well, okay. I mean, we don't have, I, I normally like to have a, uh, I, I kind of find some way that I'm related to <laughs> the guest in some sort of way, but I can't, oh, when we get to talking to you more, maybe I'll think about it, but I don't, we've never met as far as I know, right? We've never met. Okay. I mean, this is, this is Darren weird think, for me. Darren thinks she knows everyone and also well, hits on everyone. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Let's, someone take out Instagram or Facebook. I'm sure we have. Mutual friends. They're there. Well, this is, <laughs> this is a budding friendship I already know. Alexandra, how old are you? I am 31. Oh, same, oh, but same I'm age so as me. So close young. to 32. My birthday's coming up. When's when? your birthday? March 1st. Woo-hoo. Oh, well, happy mm-hmm. almost birthday. Thanks, guys. Good thing you weren't born a day earlier because I need to have a birthday for four years, well, which would suck. Well, it would have. Would it have? My mom thought it would have, so she, like, held me in. I'm turning 32. <laughs> I'm a leap year baby. Um, but I think it could have been really cool. Like, I, know I somebody, think I would have yeah. been into it. But but it's easier to say that now. My mom's like, how do you explain to a little kid that their birthday right. doesn't happen every year? No, that's I was sad. like, I would have been like, that makes me special. Like, I was very good at protecting my ego when I was younger. Mm, so I, I like it. I also it. like that your mom held you in. As yeah, if that would just, be like totally, like just clenching. <laughs> and, so yeah. and how do you identify? Um, I... It's so interesting. It's so exciting to get to identify myself. But for so long, I've just been identified as a woman. So I'm to me, I'm a woman. But it's it's cool that... 
that sometimes in my head I, I cannot be. Yeah, uh, yeah. interesting. And Ooh. you're a sexologist yes, outside yes. of being a huge entrepreneur. Uh, what is a sexologist? A sexologist is, I mean, I think it's anybody who's dedicated a lot of their lives to the study of sex. It's sexuality is a really interesting topic because while it is an incredibly multifaceted and important part of human society. It's like literally how we exist. We don't talk about it. There isn't often an education department that's dedicated to it. Um, so yeah, sexologists can be a plethora of things. Anybody from like the medical space who's really interested in it to anthropologists. Interesting. There's like so many ways of studying sex. And how do you identify sexually? Um, I love people. So pansexually. <laughs> cool. Yes. All right. Awesome. Finally. Amazing. <laughs> Finally. Someone Finally. Oh my um, God. It's also interesting. I also, I feel baby queer. Just, you know. As oh, do, tell oh, us what honey, baby queer we, We've all been baby queers. So yeah. We know what baby queer <laughs> is. Baby queer, it's like, you know, I'm most, at the end of the day, I've never been in a committed relationship with a woman. I There's so much about being queer that I have never experienced. And I feel like that's also important. Like I do feel like at the edge of the community and I feel like that's a, a fair space to be in. Like I feel, I still feel in it. Yeah. I really accepted and that's awesome. But I always... But people are going to judge you if you've never been, you know, I'm sure there are, could be some lesbians or gay people who are like, oh, you've never dated a woman. So are you really, really? that? They, right. they might do that. And also, though, there is also things that I just have never really, really experienced. Right. right like, right. like when I came out to my parents, like, like my parents always just kind of giggle because they've only seen me with men. So like they know that I say that, but they're like, OK. Right. It's almost not real. Real. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because we've actually talked to some people on the show. Um, yeah. And. Some of them have said, I came out when I was in a committed relationship because then it kind of felt more real. But I think it's amazing that like you, yeah, yeah, or me. Right. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that it's admirable and awesome that you were like, no, this is how I'm feeling. This is what feels good to me. And I don't need to have this relationship with the same sex yeah. person that is, quote, committed to then come out. It doesn't validate. By the way, having a fucking committed relationship with someone doesn't validate. validate. Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> I was well, just saying actually, it makes it like easier. What, yeah, what was happening, I think, is my mom was saying something as if I, I was totally straight. You know, I was like, mom, right. I've definitely had sex with some women, you know? Hey. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, Ow. Yeah, like it, it just, for me, I realized like if I almost, it's not about being in the relationship. It's so easy to, for that part of me to be erased, like by erasure is a, is a thing. Yeah. So if I, I realized like if I didn't kind of state it, people just aren't going to know. I'm Hello? just going to look. And we talked about that with me. So I'm married to a woman. Yeah. But I, she identifies as bisexual. I do. Mm -hmm. and, and what's the difference between bi and pansexual? So, I mean, first of all, it, it's... It's nuanced. They're yeah. words. Okay. It, oh, the, the difference is, is I think people who are bisexual feel, well, you can tell me if I'm no, wrong. No, yeah, like they, they are sexually attracted to men and women. I feel like I'm just like sexually attracted to a person. Gender non, yeah, non-conforming Honestly, if I'm going to be I'm like really attracted to people who are gender non-conforming. That's like, like okay. Like, sometimes, I, yeah. yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's interesting of me. And like, it's, I, I don't know, but- I'm interested in f in being sexually attracted to to everyone. Got it. Got it. So people, like, however they identify, maybe I'm pansexual. Uh, I think you might be. I mean, because I don't. I mean, listen, far be it for me to tell you what you think, but I don't feel like you define bi bisexuality as being like men and women. I feel you're just kind of like I'm attracted to the person. Yeah. Just what you said, Alexandra. Yeah. That's kind of how you have reiterated it to me. But you've never said pansexual. So again, I just well, wasn't sure. You know, but I <laughs> had met someone that was pansexual, and they again. And what's really great about not only having you on the show, thank you, but also that you are so educated in this is you're like, these are words. And right. what a, what's a word, right? Like, is it an object? No, it's not, right? So, but I always thought pansexual could also include perhaps people that were like trans or like it whatever. Does. Yeah, so it no, does, so right? I, I, I would, yeah, I don't think that that would stop me from being sexually attracted to somebody. Got it, yeah. Cool. I think the yeah. fine line is human being. Human being, That's yeah. That's pretty much it. It's interesting too because it is... I think some people who identify as pansexual feel like the concept of bisexuality is still really within these gender like conforming yeah. roles and like even the word bi, which actually I'm pretty sure that bi isn't about the two parties. I think it's I looked about this up. yourself. There was something else about it. I, okay, you know what? I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm talking about right now. Well, but <laughs> whatever. But either way, that I think some some younger 
the younger generation felt like pansexuality was more inclusive of exactly what they, how they were feeling versus bisexuality felt like it was a little bit more in the, in the, it feels more labely than maybe pansexual does. Yeah. But then there's a lot of people who that's really what they feel. Right. It's like they're really attracted. Like it, it feels different to different people. And I think that also if you were, if you grew up in a different time, then your identity is going to be shaped by that time. And that's fair. And you shouldn't feel like you have to change it because. Right. That's actually a really good sequitur to what I wanted to ask you because we're the same age. We're full-blown millennials, yeah, right? Full I mean, I'm, full, well, right in the middle of it, which I was saying to Liz earlier, who's also a millennial, but a few years older than us. And I was just saying that I feel like our generation is sort of making being gay boring, you know, because it's kind of like, <laughs> eh, it's just what it is. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just one part about us. You know, it doesn't define everything that we are. But I'm curious for you because I think a lot of people, when we're talking about our coming out story, when did you, how old were you when you came out to your parents? I was old. I, I think I remember being in the car with my mama. I don't think I've ever even expressed it to my dad. And I kind of said it, I think I was probably 20. Yeah. And did you say pansexual at the time or did you no, say queer? No. What did I you literally, say? I don't even think that I was, I was like, mom, I've slept with women. Oh, like you're basically like, I, I'm not straight. Yeah. Like, I okay. don't know what you think has been happening here, but like, <laughs> yeah. Love it. Because um, I'm, I feel like parents have, you know, especially less so nowadays, but it's like, you know, to say you're gay is one thing, but then to be like, oh, I'm pansexual could open up this whole new world yeah. of like, well, what does that mean? And it's another layer of it. So I was curious if you said that no. to your parents at the start. No, I think I just like expressed to my mom that I had like, you know, had sexual interactions with with women and how did what, she react yeah, what to was that? her reaction if you she can was like giggled that's great yeah i mean that's a good reaction right it is a good reaction all things considered it, yeah i think all things i'm now that i'm thinking about it i think i was even a little bit older than that i, try, I you know i have the worst memory oh no, Wait, no because I mean, excuse we all me, you're running a huge company which actually no it has been bad for a long you're time you're giving pleasure to a lot of women um, i smoke a lot of weed it's oh fine oh my god yeah, i'm a um, huge <laughs> pothead huge pothead so you're fine <laughs> when did you so you went to school you majored in um psychology or yeah, you got clinical? your masters in mm-hmm. clinical psychology mm-hmm. and then when did like the idea for dame come up yeah yeah that's a great question so actually when i was in college like senior year I was like what am I gonna do next and I have like a notebook where I wrote down like okay I'm just like I can't stop talking about sex like and it's more than just like that I'm interested in it there's something about being a woman being heavily slut-shamed being having a strong libido that like or like say like I grew up thinking I watched Sex in the City and thought Samantha was clearly the coolest one that I would want to be with. Yeah. Like be. Well, well yeah. Yeah. Duh. But like. I wanted be, the mind of Miranda, but the lifestyle like, of a Samantha. I, the, that's a very neurotic mind. Yeah. I know, Honestly. I know. She was really confident and like owned her own business. And there was like so much of that that I thought was really cool. But then in reality, when I like tried to be that, yeah. it was very shut down. So I was always really interested in the, in the space. And I had this notebook and I was like, okay, what do I do with this interest in sexuality? It's like, I can become a sex therapist and maybe I can become like a professor or I can make vibrators. And I like- Those are the options. Those were the options. (laughs) And I like circled make vibrators or like start a company in this category. But at the time, because I was in school, I just, that seemed so hard to do and so far away. But like go to more school felt a little bit easier. Like, oh, like I become a, it also felt like it was easier to validate to my parents. Right. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, I'm going to become a, get my doctorate in this this space. So I got my master's and after getting my master's, I, I, I think I was starting to feel a little burnt out. My friends were starting to progress in their careers and I'm like impatient. I like to get shit done. Yeah. And that's like not really what academia is like. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to take a break and see what else is out there in the world and how I'd like that. And I ended up working in the music industry for a second. And I ended up working in a consumer goods company. Oh, um, CPG. We were just talking about, she was yeah. like, what are these things they, that you kept do? saying these initials? I was like, fucking A, LOL. B. Like, B. I had no idea what the hell she was saying. QSR. No, yeah. yeah I was <laughs> giving, schooling her in some ad, ad units <laughs> yeah. and good. products. Anyway. I know nothing. <laughs> You're learning every yeah, day. Yeah, I am. I don't know nothing. Um, so I loved it there. It was like three people. And I got to do everything from like sell to help pull the data for our board meetings. And I was like, oh, wow, like I would, I think I can make a bigger impact in the world through entrepreneurialism than I could maybe as a therapist. And, you know, what could I do in this? Like, how, how can I bring my interest of sexuality and entrepreneurism and, and bring them together? And I actually even feel like in my 
in that job interview, she asked me, where did I see myself in five years? And I think I even also said at that time, like, maybe I'll start a sex toy company. What a really good sense of self to have that because that seems so daunting to me. Yeah, that's crazy. I and, mean, I mean, and also I, I have so many questions oh, for you. Right. Like, we've been so excited to have you on. <laughs> I know, we were like, but vibrators. Like, yeah, but that is so daunting. One, do you need anything? Are you no, good? I'm just realizing I didn't bring any. Oh, well, I'll send you we, we were going to use that. I wanted you to do a demo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well and so, okay. One, what vibrators were you using at that time? Mm-hmm. And did you like a particular brand that mm-hmm. you then kind of escalated on? And then two, did you, I mean, Dame is such a great name for a product. Is It's so it, classy. Is it also so fair to assume that you made these vibrators with the female body and female sexuality in mind, or are they for everybody? Um, also, we made them with vulva and partners in mind. Okay, okay. great. Yeah, so wait, there was Dame. What was the first Okay, product? sorry, the first what question was, I know. What vibrators were you using at and, the time? So I yeah. really, really like like squishy clitoral products. Okay. okay. Um, so that was one of the, I, one product I was using. And another product that I had tried was, it's a, a partner-shaped toy. So it goes inside of the vagina, and then it loops back around to provide clitoral stimulation. So it's like a C-shape. Oh, yeah. And then it goes, so the penis and, and the product go inside. And I was tried this product out. It's like a, it was really popular at the time. And it felt like it was just like a lot of internal pressure for me and it was pretty intense and my partner like said he couldn't really feel me got it as much okay and I was like oh I wish I could just cut this product in half I wish I could just get the clitoral stimulation of this product without the internal and that's kind of the beginning of of dame yeah and you find I mean we've talked about this a little bit you find that most women are more exterior stimulated than they are interior. Maybe I'm saying this wrong, no, but right. definitely more clitoral stimulation is, it's a better way to achieve orgasm for mm-hmm. most women than internal stimulation. Yeah. Am I right? Yes. I, here are some stats or like some, yeah. you know, like 70. Oh good. We have some professional some, coming on. I, w- I was making them up, Alexandra. <laughs> yeah. We were talking before um, about it casually and I was like, well, I think my statistics are that yeah, like. She's like 68%. <laughs> I was like, Liz, you know nothing. And she's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> of women report needing clitoral stimulation or external stimulation in order to have an orgasm. Okay. So that's That's a pretty fucking high number. That's a high number. And honestly, it's one of the more conservative ones I've seen. There's other research that has shown it to be even higher. And then here's another stat that I freaking love. Only 4% of women report penetration as their most reliable route to orgasm. So the most, there it is. That's the so best. the most. That's, com- the that's that is powerful. So it's not. It, it's just like what's the most common way you achieve what feels like the climax of your sexual pleasure, right? And most people are saying like it. It definitely involves something else besides just internal, right? Okay, that's so, that's right. That yeah. was kind. Of, that's actually totally what I said before. No, I mean, listen, <laughs> I'm just you didn't have it to be the precise point of four percent, but both of us were kind of making the statement where it's like we were talking about stereotypes with a lot of lesbians mm-hmm. and how sometimes, certainly in my life, um, you. You know, I've gotten said that, like, I'm a waste to men or like, well, how do you guys have sex? You need a penis. And I'm like, actually, if you knew anything about fucking sex, you don't. Yeah, you oh definitely, God, you definitely don't. In yeah. fact, <laughs> right. Thank you. In for fact, the like I would like a one little tip or something I would, you know, give yeah. to people just to try, like try having sex without penetration. Like if you're in a heterosexual relationship, yeah, like see, just see what that experience is like. See what you, if you and your partner can try and just keep that particular act off the table. It is amazing what kind of creativity and and exploration. Like it just forces you to get outside of this one script of how you're supposed to have sex. And it's really... Dying. Look at her face. I wish you guys could see mouth is on the floor. (laughs) It's amazing how... How much fun it, and like, on, I think it often leads to better, what I would say is better sex. Now, okay, Agreed. amazing. How did your parents feel when yeah. you started dating? So you had this, like, hey, mom, I've had sex with women yeah. before, and then all of a sudden here you are, which is incredible, very young, entrepreneur creating a sex toy company. Like, what did they so think? I had already wanted to be a sex therapist for a long time. Right, of course. So, like, I, they, were so they were like, they were prepped on the sex part, and they were so, I think my dad was really, excited that I was going to try something entrepreneurial. Totally. In in a way where, you know, it wasn't about the topic, the topic they had already kind of digested. And I literally, I, I really, it, it's wild, but okay, like when I was six years old, my aunt, my cool aunt, 
took me to a party in the city. Like I stayed with her when where, where for did you a weekend. Grow up? I, from Long Island originally. Oh, Long Island. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, coffee talk. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I went into the city for a weekend and I went to this party and I met a bunch of drag queens. Love who, it. like, I was obsessed with because, like, if you're six and you see drag queens, they're essentially fairies, right? Totally. Like, oh, my God, they're magical. They're magical. Even as an adult, they're magical. magical. Yeah. I, the, she taught me how to strut my stuff, and, like, we did a catwalk, and she answered all my questions. I was like, are you a boy? Are you a girl? Right. And she explained all these different things to me, and I went back to show and tell when I was six years old and explained to my first grade class what the difference between being a drag queen was and being transgender, and I got in trouble. But That was it, 25 years ago, it and that's a different wild, world back then. Yeah. But like, I, w- I remember being like, my my concept of reality just had totally shifted. Mostly, one I had like went into Manhattan for the first time. Yeah, right, right exactly. Like part of it. Yeah, but I think from a really young age, I've been like a sex educator. So like it was never super shocking to my parents. I remember like my dad getting up from the dinner table one time because I explained to my brothers how like menstruation cycles worked at the dinner table. Oh my God, Alexandra. I'm and obsessed. I need to like call her up every time there's an awkward conversation. I'd be like, hey, Alexandra Fine's going to explain my okay. period to you. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so your parents knew. It sounds like you also have a really like lovely, supportive family uh, from what it, I mean you know everybody has their my parents yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well the reason I asked where you grew up is because I feel like there's a stereotype of someone maybe who, I grew up in northern New Jersey so mm-hmm. suburb of Manhattan and I feel like that there's a difference there between if you were like I grew up in Arkansas yeah or Alabama you know saying that maybe pansexual might not go over as well no you know I grew I mean? up in a very in a socially liberal household right yeah. I think my parents and like I, I think a lot of my like some of my friends who who came out they were very much like everybody wanted to be okay with it. But then sometimes like I was surprised that, you know, parents were like, you know, I think my mom in that conversation when we were talking, she'd be like, yeah, but I would be really upset if you like you didn't have a, a kid. Like when oh, I was I know, like, it talking about that the kid and I was just like, well, yeah, but like still could. Right. Like that's right. So or like, what if like, I was infertile? But I was just like, surprised she even said that. Do you know what I mean? I still feel like even though they were liberal, it's st- I mean, it's also different it's, when it's your kid. It's different. Yeah, it's apparently. It is. It, it be, and we were talking about this before. It's kind of like they project what they want for you. And so people often forget that when you're coming out as something that maybe isn't your heteronormative straight person, it does take a little bit for the parents maybe to like adjust and to their expectations. It. Yeah. Right? They have a, a certain idea of what your life's going to be. Like I imagine all my kids as, as queer. So like they're going to have to come out to me as straight one day, you know? Like, <laughs> you're like so futuristic. You like, are. Is, she's like what are humans sure are like in year 3000. No, I'm like, are you sure you're not Gen Z? Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, no. I can't like I like can't use Instagram. If you saw me on social media, <laughs> you would know I'm definitely. A you're not on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> so true. I think it's so amazing that your dad was so jazzed about you becoming mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. Did you go out and raise? So yeah. I didn't. I started off with an Indiegogo campaign, like a crowd, like a Kickstarter. So, oh my God, really? Yeah. So Eva is my first product. It is a hands-free clitoral vibrator that can be worn during penetrative intercourse. Wait, didn't you go to CES? So, yeah. And do a whole thing. Yeah. Consumer like electronics. Yeah. yeah. I know that fucking acronym. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. So a little bit, but there is different. Okay. There's, there's some other vibrators yeah. too. Um, okay. So we so we launched on crowdfunding we launched a crowdfunding campaign and raised five hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Stop it! In forty five days, we were like one of the best crowdfunding campaigns of that year. It was about six thousand units. Oh my god, we're di- like no one can see us. Yeah, this I'm is, like, they're just we're dying. Out. We're, we are freaking out. <laughs> what? It's just so interesting though with that stat. How like how taboo sex can be in this country but clearly everyone right. has like mm. is craving for it and how wanting many, it. And hold just on, goes how to many show. of your donors were women? Um, Do you have that stat? I don't have that stat, but what I can tell you is like uh, last year, about from my website, about sixty percent of my purchases come from amazing from what Google identifies as women. Interesting. That's actually that's actually lower than I thought. Yes, uh, yeah, it that is, is lower than it I thought. It is lower than so I thought. So well. what I think is really cool is how many how many men are coming to our website and purchasing the products. So cool. because a lot of the toys that we make are designed with partners in mind. We want to create products that are great for solo experiences, but some of them. Some of them more so than others. And if these products, if these tools are the only way you know how to experience an orgasm, which for some women that is the case, how can we make them 
more interactive between two people? How can we make it so a second person doesn't feel replaced? Or I know that's kind of a thing, isn't it? It's a real thing. And I think it's really easy to be like, who gives a shit what they think? But at the end of the day, especially if you're in a committed relationship, like if we're going to acknowledge that that women are sexual beings and have sexual needs, like men have egos and emotional needs as well. Mm-hmm. And I think taking that into consideration is important. You know, what's interesting is that I feel like sometimes when I particularly talk to heterosexual men, they think we, that lesbians only use toys. Yeah. You ever get that, Darren? Oh my God. I, they, they think that like it's exclusively strap on yeah. or nothing at all. Like it's, it's like you can only have sex through this yeah. or like you're just kind of fingering each other, which mm-hmm. also isn't the case either way. I mean, this is like literally why we named our podcast Scissoring isn't a thing. Cause it's like, what about this feels good? Sorry, I'm doing like the scissoring actual motion, but like. No, Rachel. Just, make it however, common sense. however, my wife loves to scissor. That's yeah. the joke of it all. Yeah, that's I will what's say, so weird. Yeah, it's that's nice. But though, oh, <laughs> see, Alexander time, likes to scissor. The first time I had, uh, she didn't say that. She said it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done it enough to like really, really know. Um, it's really just bumping vagina. I mean, it's I love literally what like, it is. I can hump a leg for days. Totally. I mean? So love it's like a really hump. similar thing. Like, you know, yeah. like if I can just get something in there, you know, well, okay, you guys get it. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the first time I had sex with a woman one-on-one, because I had threesomes and stuff before. Okay. Um, I was very confused as to when we were going to stop. That it, okay. went, like, it went on and on and, and it was great. And I, I finally had to be like, oh my god, I'm, I, I can't anymore. Like I'm exhausted. Oh, I'm the worst. I literally will have an orgasm and fall asleep. <laughs> you're the, you're such I think a it dude. Was also, you know, I'm so. It was bad. also even Sorry, even Sorry, like, our resident heterosexual in the room is like, Jesus Christ. I am kind of the worst. Like, and poor. Are Rachel. you a pillow queen? Uh, I like to say I top from the bottom. You know what a pillow queen is, right, Alexandra? I, I don't it's know. It's a pillow princess. A pillow princess is somebody in, well, maybe any community, but certainly in the lesbian community yeah. who literally just lets their partner go down on them and then they don't really reciprocate. Like they're just kind of like, no, they, I'm not like that. You're just like, but she, I do fall asleep. Rachel's yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I like try to make sure that I do things to her before. Oh, thank, before. I'll just fucking go night, night, man. No, that's actually me too. I, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so why are you talking shit? I think I, I get that, too. and I think that's smart, too. Yeah. It's like you're planning in advance. I'm going to work hard change first. too. Like, I think, is that what you were like the first time you guys had sex? No. Right, I'm talking about the first time I had sex with a person. Oh, yeah, right. right. So, like, you know, yeah, I'm trying we were, to show up and, like, <laughs> you know, prove that, like, you know, I know how to do this. And, and I could go for hours. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, it made me realize how much of my sexual experience is literally about the penis, yeah. Often. Totally. That like that defines when it starts and when it ends or especially when it ends and how. On his timeline. On his timeline. And that's like stupid. Yeah. How many <laughs> um, products do you have in the Dame line? Yeah. We have like eight products. Wow. That's a lot. No, that's that's a fuck ton. We also have a body positioning pillow, which I think is a really powerful product. Um, It's like, like a sex wedge. Yeah. Dude, that help. It's helpful for going down on it's people. It's very helpful very for going down on people. Like it's, extremely. It's. It's Wait, so what? much nicer on the neck. Really? Oh my yeah, god! Sometimes it can, like lift it up. Like it, think about like it's like propped up for it's you. It's also not a comfortable position. If you think about going down on somebody, you're like level with the bed, right? Presumably, if it's a bed, whatever, mm-hmm. you're level with it. It hurts your neck. Think about it. Oh, you yeah, know what I mean? Actually. Like if someone's kind of propped mm-hmm. up, and it's like a. Uh, a squatty potty when you exactly. poop, you know what I mean? It like okay. it, usually what I go with, even though I totally agree. <laughs> Thank you. It's like a yoga block for sex. Fair enough. But a I'm squatty t- potty is also <laughs> highly accurate. Highly accurate. <laughs> oh my god, Darren, Jesus Christ! Because it's hire me a dame. <laughs> yes, yes, you, you hire. It's the squatty potty of sex pillows. <laughs> is how you should market it. Oh I would love that. I'm. That would be kind of hilarious. I mean, wait. So you've got eight products. Mm-hmm. How many employees? Um, we're about 15, but oh d- my God. they're, yeah, Huge. it's a we're full blown company. We're we're full co- I'm curious as to like, <laughs> you're like, I love how she's like, yeah, dude, you okay, fucking moron. Well, no, it's yeah. like we're 10 full time and like some people are part time, but it's no. definitely a real company. I mean, it's so cool. you're 30 fucking one. That's fucking it's massive. Huge. That's huge. Thank you. And one of the things for me about not only starting a company that seems really daunting to me first and foremost, but also like 
there are tons of sex industry, like there's tons of vibrator companies, right? Yeah. You walk into Babeland, you walk into Pleasure Chest, there's mm-hmm. like, uh, thank God, a plethora of things yeah. to choose from. So how do you guys separate yourself from everything else that's out there? And also with that, what's kind of the future of that stuff? I mean, I know they're getting into more electronics if you're a, if you're in a long distance relationship. Yeah. I could control Liz's vibrator from my comfort of my home. If That's what she wants. Yeah, I was just I was like, I just, yeah, it's the GPS tracker I have in you. I know where she is at all times. It's connected to her clip. Um, but it, like, I know that that's starting to become more and more of a thing. So answer those two questions as best you can. Yeah, yeah. sure. So question number one about like how we stand out. So at the time when we started the company, there was only one other company that had been founded by, by a woman. Wow. Yeah. And that company actually made, like they make stuff, some stuff that's like all pink and it's uh, very, like, had, yes, normative. Very girly. normative. It's also, it, 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 I mean, they're actually really aren't a lot of women in the industry. There definitely weren't women leading these companies. And so that right off the bat set us apart. We created products that were really unique and different. We do our product development in-house in Brooklyn and we use real people as wow. product testers. And that's also really set us apart. Wait, so is it products, like... You um, can sign master, up to be a tester. Yeah, what is... Is it like... Oh my remember, God, is in. Yeah. No, I don't know. Is it like that <laughs> show, the Masters of Sex or whatever, where like people go in rooms and you watch them? It's not... It is a show, but they were also real people. Yeah. Yeah, they really did that too. No, uh, I know. Wait, yeah. no, I know. It was, oh, yeah. you mean it was a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. I know. But do you guys... Like, how do you... How does how that do we work? Do that? So mostly what we do is we send the product home. Home, like we send it to people with a survey and then they send the survey back. Great. Sign us all up. Yeah. yeah what would we be doing? We now? have done some more visual <gasps> stuff. Like people video record it and send it to you? No. We've done In the we've room. Had, we've had some we have okay, so there are women out there who help gynecologists learn how to do pap smears and stuff by kind of being the test dummy. To be a test dummy sure. for them. And they came in and tried our products out and let us like visually understand how they were sitting in place. Because Eva, Eva's really unique. Like in order for it to fit a wide range of humans, like we just really needed that visual data. So that was like so cool. Like I thought that was fuck- amazing. And then. Whoa. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, bro. Is, is it weird to say is like the Eva or another product like a one size fits all kind of thing? Or? We like to say it's a one size fits most. Okay. And I would say even within that, we've had testers or customers who say like it was working really well with one partner, but with this other partner, it's not working as well. Interesting. So it, I think it has a lot to do with just like the, the way you move. And it's got these bendable wings that push the labia majora apart. So it's like a, like a ninja in your vulva that vibrates. Oh, wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, please send yeah. us that. I know. Liz is like, here's my mailing address, my social security number. Here's my credit card. I'm a social media influencer. I will yeah. post about it on my <laughs> socials. Um, wow, amazing. Yeah. Okay. And now we have all these other products too. Like, I mean, Palm, which is like really squishy and it bends. So you can kind of like, it will move with you. Like if you're humping it, it kind of like, oh, it's amazing. It's like my favorite one. What do you think is the biggest misconception of being in the sex toy industry, if that's how you describe it. I think anybody who is in like the sex industry in any way, like I I identify as like a sex talker. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's that I am super sexual. Okay. Like like, like automatically people are like, you must be having sex all the time. You must be having sex all the time. You must be so wild. And like, no, that's not the case. Right. You can just be interested in it. I'm like fascinated by it and fascinated by the taboo. But, and I, I used to be really, really horny. I would say it's kind of like, I think it's just maybe not, I think it's changing a little bit. Yeah. I also think that just for me, I like to make the joke that starting a sex toy company was probably the worst thing I've ever done for my sex life. Oh, God. Like, well, all you do is talk about sex, Well, right? and no, it's just, just starting a business is stressful. Starting a business, it takes a, it takes a lot. So just being present sometimes yeah. is, I think as you just get older and you get more responsibilities, it gets a little bit harder to be present and you have to remind yourself to be it. And that's... Well, because you literally can't can't separate pleasure and like pleasure and work is the same kind of I mean, of, like, in it's a like way. if we use a toy while we're having sex, it could literally give me anxiety. Yeah, because you're like, you're God. like, tell me oh, how you're, you're feeling. feeling. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, actually, like when we do product testing, like that has been really fun. But my 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 husband or now husband, he, he has been like, 
do you want to have sex or, or is this work? Like, are oh you, my God. Are you like trying? He's like, why do you have a clipboard out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, are you recording this? Yeah, it's right. So exactly. Like, and it's so interesting because for him at first, he was like, this is going to be so fun. And then very quickly, it was like, oh no, it's not like, yeah, it's changing the intention and our reason and... It's was like, he intimidated by uh, after finding out what you do? Was he intimidated he, at all? Or? We were already together when I started the business. I've been we've been together for a really long time. Oh wow! Okay, that's kind of helpful. Yeah, it was. That's uh, really yeah. great. Well, yeah. congratulations. How long have you been married? I've been married for about a year and a half. And oh, nice. together for like eight years. Oh, that's a while. Yeah, that's God. a really long time. I know that's longer than us. Ooh, it's gonna be agita. Oh God, <laughs> Darren has a she's doesn't personally believe in marriage so we talk and I just got married so we well, talk about this well you can redefine marriage for your you, when you don't have to get married yes yeah, and then marriage can look like whatever you want like I did not want to commit to being together forever and so like, what did you do was, with that um, monogamous you mean you don't well, want to commit to being together with him. Well, we're not monogam we're monogamish we uh, like yep. we like Dan Savage term I mm-hmm. love that term yeah we like to we explore and Great. we like to just like really stay open, even though we probably talk way more, like as anybody who's polyamorous will tell you, you talk about it so much more than anything happens. Right. Exactly. Um, and you almost overanalyze it to death. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, what about this weekend? Or, you know, like, cause we totally. want to like keep in touch, but yeah. like, I don't know. It, it, it's, that's been amazing. Like, I think that is the so reason healthy. why I've been able to be in such a long-term relationship is because like just having that op- those openings, yeah. Um, well, and you guys, you're still quite young. We're really young. So right. to be For together, big, you guys eight years. Yeah, like so you guys got together when you were like what 23, 23? 24? Okay, yeah. So no, you're right. Yeah, yeah like that's really you know it's kind of cool that you guys were open to allowing each other to have maybe whatever you guys do. I don't want to yeah. assume anything, <laughs> but like you are open and what that means to you so that you could grow up and grow up together and have interesting experiences, I think is really cool. Love a lot of young people don't do that shit. You know like what I mean? I'll, I could love, like I could be in this room and be like, oh, this room is beautiful. I love it. But if the door is shut, I'm like, I feel trapped. Yeah. Do you so, want me to open the door right no. now? It's just for sound purposes. <laughs> I guess it was a weird analogy. <laughs> yeah, I no, I know no. what you mean now. Like for me, just being able, like I don't want to feel trapped. I want to feel, I want to want to be in the relationship and yeah. feel like it's a choice every day. That's exactly why I have a weird thing about marriage. Cause it's like, and not that it takes away. So for me, oh my God, I like did so, I had so many weird experiences, like everything from just like I never thought like I'm I'm like the chill girl who like wants to make out like I'm I'm the coolest girlfriend ever. Right. right? Like, <laughs> right exactly. I want to be open and I like to have threesomes. But like, first of all, men say they think that's cool. And then they are. And then they don't. And they don't. They do not oh, think I, it's cool in yeah. reality or in my experiences. If sometimes it can be challenging. Do you find that they're only cool if you're like, I'm going to go hook up with a woman as opposed to, and then they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're like, I want to go hook up with a man. Then it gets my husband, it will like he could sit here and tell you he just feels so much more threatened by a man and he doesn't understand why. And we've talked about how like he should be concerned about the women. Uh, Yeah, right. They never are. We're just as a threat. Yeah. And honestly, for me right now, as like I feel like the world, like I just feel like oh my god, like I didn't explore that. Like I do feel like that was a thing I wish I had done more of. So. I, I don't know, but yeah, he definitely feels like more threatened by, I think, people that feel more like him. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had a lot of threesomes in, with an ex-boyfriend of mine who's a complete piece of shit. So if you're listening to this, I huh. fucking hate you and you owe me $10,000. Thank you for opening you up. You ain't getting that back, Thank, sweetie. Thanks for yeah, opening up a cell phone in my <laughs> name. But we had a ton of threesomes. And really what that was for me was I was kind of scared about one-on-one relationships with women and Mm -hmm. having him there, I felt like it was cool. And I don't know, you know what I mean? I like really sexualized women and he damn well should have been scared. (laughs) I was going (laughs) to run off with a woman because I did, you know what I mean? So it's kind of an interesting, again, it's like we we talk about what sexuality is or what gender is. It's like, it's a person, right? So Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't matter. And anyone's a threat. But also anyone's a threat, but at the same time, like your husband is your person and no one actually can replace him. And you want to know what I was thinking about? Like literally this morning as I was thinking about my sexuality in the shower, which I do all the time. I love it. Me too. Like when when I feel the most like a woman, whatever that means, is when I'm having sex often. Interesting. 
which I was like, oh, I think I can be a little bit of a switch. Like, I think it's fun to play the other parts, but the part that I do fall into, and I think also in my interest in non-binary, like I still feel like I want to generally be sub. As opposed to a dom? Opposed to a dom, Okay, so. Like I'm interested in being a little bit. You know that. Yeah. I know. Looking at, why are you looking at me? I I watch Billions. (laughs) Just kidding. I hate that show. (laughs) Just making sure you know. Uh, I don't want to be peed on. But I okay. don't mind it in my porn. Interesting. Ooh. That's a whole layer okay. of something else. Yeah, I, my porn can get way weirder than what I want to do in real life. Fantasy is not my reality, but like fantasy. Well, a lot of people have ravishment there, uh, fantasies, which. What's that? Um, well, I mean, I think uh, colloquially, colloquially, they're known as rape fantasies. But mm-hmm. but Dan Savage was one of the first people I ever, who's a Goliath in the sex industry, is, he's obviously. Amazing. He's amazing. Um, he calls it ravishment, where a lot of women want to feel like they're being dominated and controlled and and almost like a rape scenario. But obviously, right. You but do. obviously, do. she a does lot, not. A lot of women have rape. I mean, a lot, a lot of, of people have, have rape fantasies. I do, have, have they been raped before? So, I mean, I've been sexually assaulted. Yep. And I still have them. And some some women, I know of this one amazing influencer who talks about how for her, after her sexual assault, that through kink is actually really how she, re- like, she does like that. And to be able to reown her interest in being ravished, exactly. but like on her terms, was right. really powerful for her and moving through it. But I think it's really different because like what I know in my fantasies is that they're fantasies. Exactly. It's not like you want to be raped. I don't want to be raped. And like if I had an experience like that, it would not be sexy. But did you watch that high maintenance episode? I did. You know, like if my friends did that to me, like kidnapped me and like. I loved that episode. I thought that was amazing. Like if if I could feel safe to kind of to play there, like I think I could really like that. Yeah, I also have been sexually assaulted and I definitely don't think that's like the last thing I would want. Uh, but it's I, a real I, fantasy. It is a real I know, f- but I'm I'm listening to you, and I'm like that. And you talk about that other influencer, and yeah. I think that's really cool and really powerful and really awesome. I mean, listen, I watch straight porn now because I don't have sure. straight sex. I don't really watch a lot of porn, but when I do, it's straight porn. Yeah. Well, plenty of straight identifying as, as straight women watch lesbian porn. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they want to. That's all I watched back in it's the day. It's just hot, right? Yeah. It's just hot for some yeah. people. The only thing I the problem with me with lesbian porn or what is tagged let's even just call it tagged lesbian porn and i actually am quite familiar with a few sex workers is that they're so not yeah queer at all and it looks so forced and strange and that totally kind of turns me off i'm like it feels like it's still for the male gaze often oh yeah 100 percent. i mean that that that, i mean that's why lesbian porn's the number it's for the males like i mean and to your point about the sex industry the fact that you were you know one of the first women to own this company it's like yeah it's kind of odd that vibrators in general which are mostly for women not saying they're not for men but mostly women are created by men yeah like they don't know the and inner workings. They mostly workings. made them to go internally. They were like, "What do they like?" Right. Well, I, it's so funny because they are all really internal. Well, Darren asked you. I mean, we keep asking you these multiple part questions, but where do you see Dame going? Yeah. Oh, what yeah. You oh my god. I also feel like you did ask a really cool question. The future of the future. I mean, like robots are in our future. Totally. You know? Totally. Like, I don't want robots. I don't want it either. I mean, for Dame, what Dame's future is is we really want. We're about wellness. I want to help people truly connect like I don't want my technology to become the experience I want it to help I want to make tools that help facilitate and bring people together bring people together bring you closer to yourself help you understand what it is that you like what you don't like and for for us like we just did our first pop-up shop I um, mean, we Ooh, had where all was these that? workshops in New York. In New York. Yeah. In, is it still going you know, we, or no? No, we just, we ended it after Valentine's Day. Oh. But for us, I think we're, we want to keep on building a community and giving that community resources beyond just the physical objects wow. to help people understand themselves. And, you yeah. know, for everyone that's listening, really take away from this, because this is what I'm taking away from you. One of the many things is that you are, you understand queer non-binary you're a sexologist like you're the one that should be making these products oh, yes thank you. and you're really caring about a lot of communities that are really underrepresented and I think that's really incredible that yeah. you do that thank you and I and I definitely feel like I don't even do it enough you know like I remember our first product it was it's a heteronormative like the pleasure gap you know the difference between how much pleasure men are having and women are having yeah it's a heteronormative problem totally big time totally lesbians don't have that problem 
they're enjoy like they don't report less sexual pleasure than their partners the way heterosexual do. So you know about this before. We so know our like, facts. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting because like I feel both like oh I made a heteronormative toy it, like that first product really was right. so there and didn't feel as inclusive, but also the problem wasn't inclusive. Like the problem actually was right like in a specific cohort yeah. of people. The one other thing I want to tell you guys about yes. oh, yeah. is so the challenges of being in this industry. So there's a lot of stigma and that stigma isn't, is, I mean, I've been denied office spaces, loans. Wow. I've been, I can't run advertisements on Facebook. Well, Next does Dame want to advertise? Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Advertise on podcasts. Yeah. yeah. I would love that. We're actually currently suing the MTA because the MTA, after originally saying that we could run advertisements, said that they would not work with any sexually oriented business. That's but bullshit, like, though. Well, First off, I see sex advertisements for like prep and shit all the time. All the time. So, and which is which is great. Erectile dysfunction, pills, which is which is fantastic because that it's feels a, very no, sexist. Because it's because it's a woman, right. Founder, sex toy company. Look, and I can't. Yeah, we went back and forth to be honest with you about the name of the podcast, yeah. but one scissoring is not a. It's not going to get flagged. It's, it's not, not going to get flagged. Which is great. Yeah. Two, you're, uh, you know, we've obviously, we all have to make a living. We, I, all I do when I listen to podcasts is listen to goddamn Audible and LinkedIn ads yeah. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but we want people to advertise with us because I think the people, there are like zero queer women led podcasts out there. Really? It's teeny tiny the market, which by the way, if anyone's listening and has a queer podcast, come on, we'd love to talk to you. But yeah. it is necessary. And, and you know, I hope anybody that listens to this is inspired and you should advertise with us and you should fucking be able to advertise in the goddamn subway. Yeah, in the subway, on Facebook, like all these places. Uh, it, it's but you wild. Can't, so you can't advertise yourself on Instagram either? Nope. So, I mean, like really? Facebook has shut like me as a person down even. Like I tried to advertise just to promote my personal brand. Which I think, and like Donald Trump is just out there like spewing lies and he can just do whatever he wants, but I can't promote my truth. Like, or not my wow. truth, like the truth. That, and sex is legal. <laughs> sex is legal. In fact, it's how we exist. There's like, I think for me, the thing that is so challenging about the taboo is that it just feels like there's no, there's no good reason. All the research shows that having conversations about sex with children earlier is, is helpful. Prevents teen yeah, pregnancies. Yeah, right. 100%. Leads to... a healthier sex life later. Um, so how are you advertising? How are you getting the word out? Yeah, we do it in lots of ways. Podcasts. Okay. I do a lot, as much press as I can. Um, we do a lot of other types of advertising and we do find partners who are really excited to, to work with us and see us as as a legitimate and like, like it's often like the clause that will prevent us, like it usually includes guns. Like we are literally viewed as equally as harmful to the world as guns. Are you serious? I'm serious. Like I know of a woman who's in the space who couldn't post a job on a job board and found gun companies who were able to post those jobs on the job board. So how, like, what can we do to change this? I feel so helpless. I mean, I'm like, what can we do? Yeah. I mean, there's, it's challenging. I think that like, you can definitely go out and support my brand. We will. We will. Find anything from a hat to a vibrator. Um, We actually, like you can get involved by... I mean, joining our, our mailing list, but I should really create like a, I should create a real community for just this. But You should. Yeah. Maybe because we've done what, protests. Yeah. Like I've done like activations around these challenges and I've band together with other women or people in the space who are also discriminated against. But yeah. And it, I mean, like for as much as I'm complaining about not being able to advertise, like what's wild to me is like, you know, sex workers are being taken down. Oh, it's terrible. All. It's terrible. Meanwhile, Hustler or Bonding, that Netflix show, yeah. can advertise those shows on those platforms so easily. So it's like we are fine with the content, but we're not, yeah, like actually fine with the people. It's yeah, it's so interesting the way we decide we're okay with sex or not okay with it. And I oh, by that- the way, we're all consuming. Right, we've talked about porn so, so and much all porn. these kids. By the way. All, kids do nothing but watch porn. Yeah. So we're all fine watching these performers and these sex workers, quote, do their job, which yeah. it is, by the way, their job, right? Yeah. That's just like Brad Pitt is gets a speechwriter to write his speech. That speechwriter <laughs> has yeah. a job, and so does Brad Pitt to perform those speeches, right? Also, um, I love you, Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> please come on the podcast. But, you know, sex workers are performing, right? Mm-hmm. It's fine for that. We can consume that all day. Yeah. But these poor people can't open up bank accounts and they can't, you know, it's, yeah, I know and several. We like value women so much for these abilities, but then we don't let them 
actually monetize that value. Do you guys also sell your products overseas or is it just local? We do. No, we sell them overseas. We have distribution um, in Europe as well as Australia. Um, what about New Zealand? I'm half Kiwi. I, I, yeah, I think you can get them in New Zealand. I'm pretty sure Australian distributor also sells heaps and heaps of vibrators oh my god that's so funny (laughs) alexandra i i'm obsessed with you can we be friends now we can definitely be friends. you live in new york city i live in new york city and i'm like we definitely have mutual friends no we totally do we're gonna exchange numbers because i want to be i want to be friends with you thank you so much taryn 10 for 10 hitting on every single one of us i just want to be friends with her and maybe more no i'm just kidding So where can people you, follow you? Give us the whole spiel. Yeah, we want everyone to have a dame. What can we do? You can buy a vibrator at dameproducts.com. Okay. You can also follow us on all social media at dameproducts.com. Me personally, I'm a fine human on oh my Instagram. God. How cute are you? Yeah, but I also like, real, like I don't have Instagram on my phone right now. I'm trying to. Sick. Well, I'm going to follow you. I'm listen to Liz. <laughs> I'm really good follow. You should follow me back. Um, well, thank you for coming on here. I mean, thanks for having me. Like I said, it, it's really powerful to just get platforms to, to share my message and what I'm doing. So I really appreciate it. Oh, my God. Anytime. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>